Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome to the Illuminated Heart podcast. My name is Ahlam Riyashi and I am your host. This podcast is for the souls who seek to find holistic healing in Allah and who desire to become better versions of themselves spiritually, mentally and emotionally. We will be exploring topics on mental health, combined with Islamic spirituality, as well as incorporating tips on self-love, healing, empowerment, positive mindset, and more. So if you are that soul that is interested on embarking this journey, I am so glad you're here. Let's start healing together. I'm back this week with another hot topic, so I hope you're ready, ladies. I want to talk about the deception of religious men, quote-unquote religious men. The men who appear to be religious but don't truly follow the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet, peace be upon him. I grew up as a young, naive Muslim girl. I was very conscious of Allah and I understood that a God-conscious Muslim man is one who appears to follow the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet, peace be upon him. What I thought a religious man is, is someone whose deen, his religion, is the most important aspect of his life and he takes it seriously. He prays five times a day, he has knowledge of Islam and its teachings, he has the appearance of a God-conscious man, so he dresses respectfully. Perhaps he has a beard or he doesn't. He tries to emulate the character of the Prophet, peace be upon him, so he is honest, respectful in his behavior. He doesn't engage in relationships outside of marriage. And his companions are all good, respectful people as well, and they don't engage in sin. This is what I thought a good Muslim man looks like. And I believed that his knowledge means that he knows how we should live our lives according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he will live in that way. These are probably all the qualities that you thought a good Muslim man should be. And there's nothing wrong that we said there. But in my life experiences, after so many years now, I have come to understand that a man can appear to have all these qualities, yet he is not truly a man who follows Allah. And you're probably sitting here right now as confused as I am. How can that be? Doesn't make sense. You know, I thought I found someone who ticks all the boxes. They know Allah. In fact, they even studied Islam. They even know how to read the Quran so well. In fact, they even teach it to people. And they're a role model in the community. So how have I gone so wrong? That's the same question I asked myself. Unfortunately, we're living in times right now where the men aren't like the men of the times of the Prophet, peace be upon him. A man can appear to have all of these things, but there's something lacking in him. And what is that thing? It is true taqwa of Allah. It is true consciousness of Allah. It is the condition of their heart. He can appear to be all these things outwardly, but 
that does not indicate that he will be a good husband for you. It does not indicate that he will be someone who will actually uphold your rights and treat you in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prescribed it. I'm talking about this today because there is a big difference between being religious and having spirituality. Being religious is someone who is focused on following the rules, okay, without really involving the heart. Okay, so someone can have knowledge of Allah, but they may not really have true fear of Allah in a sense of accountability. I'm talking about accountability here. This group of men whom know what is right and wrong, but they behave in ways that are not in line with Allah and they don't have a fear of Allah inside of them. They don't have a sense of accountability. Unfortunately, it is happening today where thousands of women are being attracted and drawn in by men like this who appear to be religious and then are exploited and abused in the relationship. They are treated wrongfully in the relationship, they aren't given their rights in the relationship, and they aren't treated how Muslim wives should be treated. The persona of religiosity that they portray is actually a tactic of grooming women. When a man has this religious status, unfortunately, we often give them a high level of respect without them earning it. We believe that they are good people. We trust their word. We take them as honest and truthful and God-fearing men. We don't imagine that they could behave in any different way because they appear as men of God. But unfortunately, this is a tactic that is being used today by a lot of men. So this is why it's so important to raise this topic and educate each other on this. We've heard of many cases of high-profile Muslim community leaders, Muslim teachers, religious individuals who have abused their power of authority and taken advantage of women. It is a common fact, and we're not speaking enough about this. It is mostly the Muslim women who are God-conscious, pure-hearted, and want to find a good Muslim man that get trapped. And I call it the death trap, because the damage that it does later on is extremely deep. Today, there are organizations who are committed in identifying individuals like this and holding them accountable for their actions. One example that I've recently come across is called Face, Facing Abuse. And they have recently exposed a high profile, well known Qari by the name of Fatih Sefrajik, who was alleged to have sexually abused women, used drugs to drug women and raped them in that state and it's shocking it really is shocking and disturbing more than anything to understand that there are people like this in today's world and it's the worst kind of people because they are using islam as a tool to groom women it's so important for us to educate ourselves on this so that we can protect each other as women if you're a mother it's important that you teach your daughters this. If you're a sister, teach your sisters this. If you are a friend, talk about this with your friends. 
don't be deceived by a man's appearance of religiosity. Don't be deceived by their dress code. Don't be deceived by their knowledge, Islamic knowledge, or their use of Arabic, you know, throwing in the mashallah and alhamdulillah and subhanallah. Don't fall for it. Because that doesn't mean anything. That does not mean that they have a true level of fear in Allah. There are men who have who are ulama, who teach children the Qur'an, who teach people the Qur'an. How many cases do we know of of madrasa teachers abusing young girls and boys? Whether it be an imam of a mosque or a student of knowledge who's graduated from the University of Medina, for example, or even an imam in front of of the haram in front of the Kaaba, the holiest place for Muslims. You can't blindly trust anyone. Unfortunately, today we're living in unprecedented times. And this time it's not unprecedented for COVID, but it's the pandemic that we're going through right now. The pandemic of the quality of Muslim men that are existing today. Unfortunately, we cannot be naive anymore to just believe anyone based on their certificate, based on their knowledge of Islam, based on what they do in a community. It does not signify anything. And it's hard that we're losing trust in Muslim men. It's hard that we can't really even trust religious leaders anymore. Not all of them. We're not saying all of them or we're not assuming bad things about everyone. It's just a matter of being alert, of being conscious, of being aware and being careful. And being careful as a Muslim woman to protect yourself, to not be deceived. Because we women are easier to manipulate, especially when it comes to a man appearing religious The greatest damage that individuals like this do is that they use religion to control and abuse individuals. And this is called spiritual abuse, where someone uses religion as a tool to manipulate someone to do what they want to do. Okay, They use religion to try to control the woman and oppress the women. The most common example I can give is... These men hold on to the verse of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, This verse translates as men are caretakers over women. This is found in the chapter of women, Surah An-Nisa, verse 34. Let's look at the deeper translation of this ayah. The word qawam comes from the root word qama, which means to stand or to make something stand, or to establish something. And it is a word that often comes up in the Holy Qur'an in different forms. For example, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِقَامُ الصَّلَةِ And establish the prayer. We hear that a lot of the times. So that's where it comes from. Now, from that root word, we find the word qa'im, which means one who stands or makes something stand. And qawam is a comprehensive version of a qa'im. So a qawam is someone who guards something and takes care of something or someone in a proper and fair manner. So the word qawam here is best translated as 
a caregiver or a guardian or a protector or a maintainer. Men are caretakers over women. They are protectors, maintainers and guardians over women and looking after them in terms of their entire well-being, not just financial maintenance but also physical maintenance, emotional and mental well-being, protection as well as a moral responsibility towards them. In no way does the word indicate that there is a sense of superiority of the gender, rather there is a superiority in terms of responsibility, that the men have been given a higher responsibility by Allah to look after the family members. This is the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the system. So as a qawwam, there is a responsibility to it and there are conditions to it. It is not a dictatorship. There are conditions of being a qawwam. The most important condition is to live with the wife in goodness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ which translates as, and live with them in goodness and kindness. In verse 19 from the same surah, which means in an honorable manner. And the qawwam is instructed prophetically to work with the principle of shura, which means to consult the family. So it is not a dictatorship, rather it is a leadership a healthy leadership with the man being the leader of the family but being aware and conscious of his family members and taking responsibility for them and addressing their concerns. This is what a good leader does. They address the concerns of their party and they treat them in a good manner. Now for the men who appear to be religious but don't actually truly embody the teachings of Islam, they love to use this ayah of Allah for their own agenda. For them, they use this ayah to say that the men are in power over women and so men have the right to control women and I am the husband and you should do as I say and Allah has given me that upper hand over you so you have to submit to what I say this is the worst kind of abuse someone can go through in my opinion one of the worst all forms of abuse are extremely detrimental but spiritual abuse hits you differently because it affects your soul it affects your soul which is the eternal part of you that transcends to Allah Spiritual abuse is so, so incredibly toxic and damaging because it affects someone's iman and it affects someone's relationship with Allah. That you start to despise the deen because you're made to feel like you're not a good enough Muslim. You start to despise the deen because someone is using the deen to control you. Someone is putting their rules upon you according to their interpretation. That's how you should be as a Muslim. They want to dominate you. If you are someone who is in a relationship and you're being made to feel like you are not a good enough Muslim and that their level of Islam is the correct way and that their practice of Islam is the correct way and you should follow that. If you have a difference of opinion, you're wrong. Why do you have a difference of opinion? You shouldn't have a difference of opinion. You shouldn't think differently. 
You shouldn't feel differently. You shouldn't utter a word because you should just submit and obey. That's what you're meant to do as a Muslim wife. Your duty is to submit and obey. This is spiritual abuse. This is not how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Muslim men to be. This is not what Islam teaches. So if you've experienced that and you feel that way in your relationship, then you're perhaps experiencing spiritual abuse and I would highly recommend for you to speak to someone about it. These type of men often have a grand sense of entitlement and that's where narcissism comes in. They are all about wanting their rights to be fulfilled, but they don't really care about yours. And in fact, they're not going to give you your rights. They're not going to fulfill your rights, whether Islamically or morally as a human being. And if you do question about your rights and you demand that your rights should be fulfilled, and this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught us, and you try to hold them accountable, well, they try to dismiss it, they'll try to flip it back on you. That, oh, now you're talking about your rights. What's your responsibility? What are you meant to do as a wife? Completely deflect it from themselves. And it's all about you. It's all about what you need to do. These toxic men disguised as religious are often those who are running outside, so invested in wanting to show their image to the public but yet are failing to uphold their responsibilities within their own home. They are failing to make time for their families. They're failing to give their wives the rights that they deserve of treating them with kindness, love and respect. They're failing to provide for their families and perhaps even exploiting the wife to provide for the home because they're on the path of Allah and that's their duty and that's what they need to do and that's more important. Providing for the home, spending quality time with the family is not a priority and it's not even important. This is not what Islam teaches us. The wife who asks this type of husband to be more present at home, he will respond by saying he has a duty to the community and he may even accuse her of not wanting him to earn the reward of Allah and do charitable acts. So basically he implies that she's not a good Muslim this is the element of spiritual abuse here. The more that this tactic is used, the more you start to internalize it and start to believe that you aren't a good Muslim and that you shouldn't raise any issue. Your brain is manipulated to believe that raising issues when he is doing good acts in the community is wrong and you're a Muslim lacking in Iman and you're a problematic wife. He may also call you selfish and needy. Again, putting you down. There's a whole web of manipulation tactics that are happening here. He may even tell you, other women manage everything on their own. You're always complaining. Again, belittling you and making you feel like you're an incompetent wife. Men who are like this are actually men driven by their ego. What is a priority to them is actually their reputation, how people perceive them. To be seen as an esteemed religious man serving the community feeds their ego and their commitment lies in ensuring that image is upheld. They are the best actors in front of people. Everyone really sees how wonderful of a Muslim they are, but only you know how he behaves when the audience has gone home. 
these type of men appear very religious and fool you into thinking that you're both on the same spiritual level. But only after getting into the relationship do you see a different side to them. You start to strangely notice that they do things that aren't in line with Islam. You start to notice that they're okay sinning, whether that be lying or committing fraud and justifying it because it's a quote-unquote kuffar country or more serious things like taking drugs and committing adultery. They are often people who are highly critical of others who aren't on the same level of practice as them. That's definitely a red flag of someone who appears to be religious when you notice that they start talking about people in a negative way in terms of their level of practice and judging them for it or belittling them and putting them down because of that. That is a sign of someone who doesn't have true embodiment of taqwa in them. On the other hand, there are men who may not be fully practicing in their deen, but they are the most amazing husbands to their wives because they treat them with love, with kindness, with respect, which are the rights of a Muslim wife. They may be struggling in their salah, but they know how to be to their family members. They're gentle, they're empathetic, and they make their families a priority. That type of husband is a hundred times better than the man who appears to be religious, yet uses religion to dominate you, to control you, to abuse you. You will live a far happier life with the man who still needs to work on his deen compared to the man who thinks he knows everything about the deen and yet still doesn't practice it. One man will love you, upgrade you, support you, protect you, be a true sense of qawwam, and the other one will run away from really behaving as a qawwam. We need to educate ourselves on the rights of a Muslim woman so that we are not exploited. Not only that, but again, always coming back to what we teach our children. If we don't know our rights, how will our daughters know their rights? How would they know how a Muslim woman should be treated? The worst thing is when you don't have Islamic knowledge and then you rely on Islamic knowledge from someone like that. It's definitely a death trap because they'll teach you what they want to teach you and they will withhold the true points that you need to be taught about. For example, women's rights, they're not going to be teaching you about that because they don't want you to be empowered. They don't want you to stand up and have a voice for yourself. They want you to be a puppet that pleases them. Of course, that's what it all comes down to. My Muslim sisters, please educate yourselves the rights of a Muslim woman, the rights of a Muslim wife. Get your knowledge from books and from women who have studied Islam to teach you these things so that you can empower yourself and you can protect yourself from such abuse. Don't be deceived by men who appear religious anymore. We've got to stop this now. We have to save ourselves and save the future female generation. We aren't responsible for the men who are like this, but we can still make a major impact by number one, educating ourselves and our daughters, number two, standing up for ourselves, number three, 
refusing to be mistreated. Number four, holding these men accountable by calling them out. And number five, raising our sons to be true, good, conscious men and qawwam, to teach them how to respect, honor and care for a woman. We do have to stand up together to make a change for this ummah. This is a topic that really needs to be amplified. So please share it with all of your friends, with your family members. Start conversations about this in your social gatherings. If you have personally experienced this or think that you may be experiencing this right now, then please remember that you're not alone. Do reach out to me if you need someone to speak to. Don't suffer in silence and don't allow anyone to ruin your relationship with Allah and make you feel like you're not a good enough Muslim. Thank you so much for listening. For all those who have been following me for the past four weeks, I love you and appreciate you all. Thank you so much for your support. And I really hope that these episodes are inspiring you and helping you in different ways. I would love to hear more about your feedback and inshallah, I'll see you here next week. Ooh.